Episode number 42. Stick around, we're going to talk about loss prevention procedures to prevent theft in those large specialty stores that sell thousands of bottles of liquor, spirits, premium wines, and beer. This is the Crime School Radio Show, where industry experts discuss the business of fighting crime and prevention strategies for making places safe. Leading today's discussion is security expert, Chris McGoey. Welcome to Crime School. Have you ever been into one of those large alcoholic beverage specialty stores? You know, the ones that just have thousands of bottles of liquor and premium wines and spirits and all types and brands of beers. Many of the items you never heard of or certainly never tasted before. They're certainly not inexpensive. Usually you pay full retail in these outlets, unlike the discount retailers. But the difference is the staff is usually knowledgeable. Many times they might have a sales rep on duty to walk you through the process of selecting the proper liqueur or the proper premium wine. I remember on a visit one day that I chatted up a wine salesman who was stocking shelves, and 45 minutes later, he was still rattling on about all the aspects of of making wine and tasting wine and reading the labels on bottles. I must admit, that served me well. It was quite interesting. But my purpose for being there that day wasn't that. It was really to deal with an owner who was running late that had a very large, several hundred thousand dollar inventory loss. And he was beside himself about what was causing it. His manager and staff were telling him that it's a shoplifting problem. And he was about to spend tens of thousands of dollars to try to resolve it using electronics, uh, video surveillance, alarm system, things like that. But first he took a pause and decided, maybe I should get some advice first to see if this is realistic. So he reached out to me as a retail security consultant and to see if we can come up with a plan, or at least take an objective look of what his problem was. So on today's show, we're going to talk about that subject matter, not about that particular case. We might do that in a future episode. But I'm responding to the inquiry from the media. A man named Mike Berderka is writing an article for Small Business Smarts just about this subject matter, Retail Loss Prevention Procedures in alcoholic beverage specialty stores. So stick with me for a moment. Let me get Mike on the line, and let's talk about this. What are some good general tips that, that managers and owners can, can instill to, to discourage theft, either shoplifting or uh, from employees uh, you know, stealing themselves? Well, they're two different animals. Uh, Your employees are there every day, and they have an inside access to everything every day. They know all your systems. They know all your procedures. They know how your inventory is accounted for. They know how closely the managers are supervising them, or they're monitoring sale transactions and inventory and, and shipping, receiving, all of those elements. So they know. So they could pick out a weak operation pretty fast. 
So it's not, yeah. it's not surprising the weak operation with poor supervision and management are going to end up having higher losses. Happens every time. Clients that hire me are not well-run, well-managed businesses. These are the ones that are out of control. Usually they do an inventory and they get shocking results. They're hundreds of thousands of dollars short in merchandise, and they have no idea when, where, or who is responsible for it. So what, what are some good measures to put in place? Well, you might be looking for short, snappy answers, but I don't have any for you. If you have a, if you have a store, okay. as in using your words, that is really messing up, you're not likely to solve it with the same management team and the, main, and the same staff. In almost every case, when I get involved in a store that's had higher, high inventory losses, probably due to employee theft, that you almost need to do a major overhaul because you're going to okay. have to you're going to have to change all of your systems, put things in place, maybe for the first time, start asking for strict accountability, close supervision, and hold your employees accountable for for all of the product, merchandise, and sales. Your past staff who's never had that before or who may be involved in causing the loss are not likely to be the best candidates to, to be there when you start new. So that goes the same way. Shoplifting is kind of the other side of the coin. Shoplifting, by definition, is an external theft source. People coming in from the outside, usually strangers, they're going to steal your merchandise, walk out without paying for it. Well, the same systems that you have in place, the same staff, the same training procedures, the same equipment you have, like video systems and, and some such things, are all present there. If you get that same staff who's going to be honest and accountable, they're also going to be honest, accurate, and accountable in supervising your store and your merchandise. The same attitude that's concerned about your losses is going to be concerned about potential shoplifters as well. Is there things that employees should be on the, on the lookout for of potential of potential shoplifters? I mean, is there certain suspicious behavior or tells that that uh, staff should keep an eye out for? Yeah, short of profiling, we certainly don't want to be involved in profiling, right? Certainly, right. Ra racial profiling, or certainly we don't want to be involved with economic profiling. But if you run any any retail business and liquor wine store is no different. 99% of your customers act in a certain way. When they come in the store, they're in looking for usually a particular product, or they're, if they're going to browse, they do it in a certain particular way. Many in a store like that, especially with specialty wines and, and uh, liquor, uh, they want help. And they'll ask okay. for help, and they'll accept help. Shoplifters, on the other hand, don't want help. They would like okay. to come in, and they, they'd rather have you not paying attention. Shoplifters absolutely do not want to be greeted when they, when they come in the store. They want to be left uh -huh. alone. They want to find that remote part of the store where they're not visible. They want to find a spot that's not covered by video surveillance. And they want to find a spot where take whatever items and conceal it on their person and then walk out the door without any fanfare, with literally nobody paying attention to what they've just done. How does a store limit blind spots? You could take down all your shelves, take all the product off the shelves, and you just have a vacant warehouse. That's yeah. <laughs> we're laughing about it, but that's actually true. And then you build up from there. So when you design the store, you design it with all of those things in, in mind. I mean, you don't have to be crazy. You're in the retail business. You want to be able to display your merchandise, and you want to have it in an organized way. 
so people could browse, find things as they typically would and make purchases. That's the business is for sales, not for shoplift prevention. It's just unfortunate that's a necessary part of the business. So I guarantee you every store I work with knows where their losses are occurring. They either know the products that are more likely stolen. They also see evidence, many on a daily basis, of discarded packaging, price tags uh, pulled off, uh, different things uh, discarded, evidence of a particular location, maybe this blind spot corner where things occur. Well, there's things you could do to make that corner less blind. Mechanically, the industry for years has been using mirrors. Uh, So you you can look in there using video cameras on those areas, signage supporting that, making the video cameras very prominent so anybody over there could see the cameras. For a while there, the industry was going towards hiding these cameras and trying to make them, you know, not obvious. I, I disagree with that. But the best thing is just asking the customers if you can help them or having the staff yeah. do that. If you see somebody wandering off to that corner, to that blind spot, to that hot spot, walk over and just ask if you can help them. Look them right in the eye, okay. greet them. That's the best possible thing. Get, a move, get, get them moved out of that area. And once you do that a couple of times, they're going to get the message, you know, the, hey, I don't, they're paying too much attention to me. I'm going to find some other place. Now, your good customers love it. They want to know about those specialty liqueurs. They want to know about different wines. And there's some people that are really into this stuff. And that's part of the service that you offer. But at the same time, for the customer, the potential shoplifter that doesn't want your help, once you come over and enter that space, you're reclaiming that space, that aisle, that dead spot corner. And it gives you a chance to kind of look the person over, kind of look them up and down, and you start observing what do they have in their hands. Are they carrying product from one side of the store over to the other, and they're just looking for the opportunity to conceal it? Do they have it staged? That's kind of a term we use. They take an item from elsewhere, they move it to a new location, they'll put that item on that shelf. It's called staging. To either get it in the next 30 seconds or a minute later, they may go browse throughout the store. They may collect a number of items. They may take them all back to this one aisle and stage them together. And then they'll conceal them all at one time. So walking over gives you a chance to kind of eyeball this area to see if there's any items staged. Is there any evidence that this person has been tearing open packages or discarding uh, boxes or some such things? But it also has kind of a startling response. I've been doing it for so long. When I walk up on people, you you get pretty good at reading body language, whether they're a legitimate customer or did you catch someone in a surprise? And it's almost like walking up on a child and you caught them doing something wrong. You could see it on their face. But that's what good customer service is. And that's what's required in an industry like the liquor wine store uh, retail operation. Prices are so high on some of these items. You just can't afford to lose too many $30 bottles of Scott or much, much greater. So the scenario is uh, greet every customer as they come in the store. You'll get to know your regulars better. If you know their name, to call them by name is even better. Uh, Having a video system uh, monitor available so when a customer walks in, their image is immediately captured on, on your video surveillance recorder. That's big. Honest customers don't care about that stuff. They don't mind it. Another common technique in in high-loss stores is to keep all the merchandise on the shelves faced. It's the kind of term that you use where all the merchandise is lined up and pulled forward and kept in an organized uh, manner on the shelves. So when you walk down that aisle, 
you could see immediately if there's a particular bottle of liquor or wine missing, you could see it. And you'll, you'll know because it's a small operation, did I just sell that bottle of scotch or that nice bottle of wine? And you certainly have a capability these days of finding out that someone just sell it recently. So if you didn't, it just tells you, well, we just got tagged. Someone just stole that item from us. And you could probably recollect back, if you're paying attention, who was over there? Who would you last see over in that aisle? So it's a good practice when you're training staff to have them constantly out in the aisles facing product. Dusting, cleaning certainly helps. But get to know your merchandise. And then anytime you're walking down the aisle, their head should be on a swivel, constantly looking at the shelves, looking for those signs of one product missing or evidence of, of shoplifting or discarded items or staged items. And again, pretty soon you're going to narrow it down to the difference between your regular customers and the most likely suspects. Shoplifters in a specialty store like this are serial in nature, meaning that if they're successful, they will return often you will become their favorite place to steal from. And they'll come and usually get the same item even, or the same number of items if you'll let them. So by keeping your aisles organized and neat and monitoring your traffic and grieving customers, it won't be long until you can narrow it down to this one particular customer as the most likely suspect. Then it's just a matter of either catching him in the act or banning him from the store so he's no longer a problem. So that's how it's done. So the issue of blind spots is handled through great customer service, attentive employees, concerned about your business, and concerned about your losses. Decades ago, when I was in the convenience store industry, we experimented with video surveillance systems and having a video monitor hanging from the ceiling when you enter the store. So for the high theft stores or high rob stores, nothing better than when a perpetrator walks in through the door to see their own image you know, right. well-placed on a monitor, and they know as soon as they come in, well, you've caught my image. You've now got me recorded. So any crime that I commit while I'm in your store is going to be there and available potentially for the police. If you have a good system, you have the ability to go back 30 minutes to see who is in that aisle, and you might very likely just catch them in the act of stealing that bottle. And you could certainly use that either in prosecution or at minimum banning that person from entering the store ever again. Now, depending where you live, uh, the states uh, vary on the use of video surveillance and prosecution. If your particular state uh, does, you have to consider whether that's an option for you to call the police. Most retailers don't go that route because they have to go the distance. They have to go all the way through the prosecutorial process. So most will just use that to ban the individual and then use it as a training aid with their other employees. You could certainly go back to that clerk that was on duty that day and wonder, how is it that this person was left alone long enough to commit this act? You know, were you talking to them? Were you greeting that person? Did you make eye contact? All of those things are, are, are very good. So when I go in, in the best stores, and I've been to some incredible operations where they invite me in, and they're just proudly parading me around the store, showing me all of the things that they do. And you walk down aisle after aisle, not only is it spotless, Every bottle on the shelf is spotless, it's clean, all the merchandise is pulled up tight, almost in formation. So anytime a customer takes an item off the shelf, it just stands out. You could see it just by walking down the main aisle and scanning down each adjacent aisle as you cross. You could see if there's a product missing. And some of the operations are that tight. 
And that extends to their coolers, to other items, uh, if they, other areas that they can. They just have their store organized in such a manner that they could tell if there's ever anything missing. Now, this is a side benefit going back to employee theft, because a lot of employee thieves like to blame inventory losses on shoplifters. They'll use that as an excuse. You know, it's not me stealing from you, it's shoplifters. Boy, it's really bad here. This is a high theft store where it may not be. So by having these systems in place and this level of accountability and just this high attentiveness to the problem takes away that excuse from employees. And they know that you're vigilant. They know that you're watching everything and probably watching them. So it has that side benefit. And I got to tell you, those operations that I go into that are just spotless and they have good systems in place and good training and very good staff, guess what? They don't have high losses. So it's no secret. It just requires work. It requires effort. But, you know, once you get all these systems in place and everybody's pitching together, keeping the store operating smoothly in that controlled environment, it becomes seamless. You don't really notice it. And it's not really any harder to maintain a store that level once you get it to that place. And guess what? A profitable store is just good for everyone, for the owners, the managers, the employees. And if you have happy employees, happy managers, you're likely to find them more willing to participate actively and being concerned about any losses that you may suffer. Is there any other kind of common mistakes that you see liquor, uh, liquor stores and wine stores make regards to theft, and either employee theft or shoplifting? Yeah, just having poor staff on duty. Have people that don't care about your losses, yeah. that are not interested in their customers, that are not customer-friendly, that are not interested in, in, in a high level of customer service. Those are the worst. If you just hire some lug to stand around and uh, never move out from behind the cash register and he's texting or, or looking at his Facebook account or just goofing off in general, you're going to have losses. You know, thanks again for the time. I, I really appreciate it. Okay, Mike, good luck with the article. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I try to present a variety of educational topics, but keeping with the theme of making places safe for people and property. Share these episodes to attract others who may want to learn and benefit from this content. Thank you for participating in Crime School and for doing your part in making places safe. This is the Crime School Radio Show with your host, Chris McGoey. We invite you to comment on today's topic and join the Crime School community. For more information and show notes from this episode, please visit crimeschool.com.